Shalom, this is Rav Johnny Solomon, and I would like to tell you about the services that I provide to men and women around the world. Firstly, if you have a she'ilah, a halachic query or a halachic topic you would like to learn more about as it applies to your life, and you feel that you don't have a Rav with whom you can discuss this question, I offer online halachic consultations. Secondly, if you have some theological or spiritual query, or if you're in need of some chizuk, I provide spiritual coaching. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about a particular Torah topic, I offer one-to-one -one learning. For each of these services, you can book an appointment for a small fee at my website, rabbijohnnysolomon.com, which seamlessly, with the magic of Calendly, then appears in my online calendar. And within a few minutes, you'll receive a message with a Zoom link. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you. Everybody, welcome to RZ Weekly, our weekly podcast about modern orthodoxy, religious Zionism, and everything in between. I am Ruben Spalter. I am the director of Kita, an online learning initiative. Uh, if you're looking for or know of families that are looking for solutions for their kids not in formal Jewish day school, send me an email. I am here with Harabanit Mali Bravsky. Hello, Rabbanit Mali. Hello. Rabbi Mali Borowski is the director of the Shana Bet program. She is an in-house social worker and senior faculty member for Shana Aleph at MMY. Got all that right? Yes. First time ever. And we're here with the Rav Johnny <laughs> Solomon, the, the and, virtual. And, and you forgot to mention my private practice. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> One day you're going to get it all right. <laughs> you know when that day will be? When I, when I write it down. Okay, and we have Rabbi Johnny Solomon. Rabbi Johnny Solomon is the virtual Rebbe. He is an online teacher, writer. He's an editor for Magid? Did I get that right? Mosaic Press. Mosaic Press. I knew he's an editor for one of those for a very important uh, publishing house and a good friend. Uh, and he is the educational director of Kita, um, which hopefully we'll expand. Um, Johnny's smiling and laughing at me. Okay, so today uh, we're going to follow up, as we promised, on our earlier discussion, really, really, um, sort of, to step back from the Shira Mervis interview that we did a couple of weeks ago, I have to say, I don't know how you guys felt, Johnny. I was blown away just by her sincerity, by her passion for her job, and her devotion for Avodat Hashem. I, I thought to myself, mm -hmm. Halavai, that all Rabbani would talk about God the way she talks about about connections to God. Did you have that reaction also? I thought she was a, a wonderful communicator and spoke from the heart and was nuanced in what she said and spoke to a lot of situations that we raised that often aren't discussed with the kind of thoughtfulness that she did, such as youth, such as spirituality, engagement in tefillah. I know we're going to be discussing other points here too, but uh, yeah, she's a very, very impressive person. Yeah. Okay. Um, so but what I, would, what I want to do today, what we'd like to do today is step back. And... Sometimes I feel, and uh, we're going to ask Molly first, but sometimes I feel like we live in sort of a modern Orthodox media bubble. I'm, 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 I live in that world. I'm on that Facebook. I'm in that, I don't have Instagram, but that, that, that you know, that, that area that focuses on this 
forward movement. I, I used to work in Oratora Stone, so I'm quite well aware of these things. And you see their press releases about these five women, these three women that got Hasmacha to be Morotora'ah. And to truth be told, my wife is studying to be a Yoetzet Halacha. So I'm, I'm really steeped in these, in this, in this, in this world. And it's something that I'm passionate about. But on the other hand, I, I look around me and I look at my, my neighbors. I look at my shul. I look at my community. I, I look at the religious world around us. I look at my daughters. And I wonder, am I living in a bubble? Meaning it's, it's all these things, the, the developments of women learning are wonderful, positive things. But when I look at it, I see it's, if you think about in terms of numbers, Basically, how many women are in the advanced learning halacha program in any of these, you know, in Matan and Nishmat and, and Midrash Lindebaum? You could probably count them on two hands, three hands. And if you ask yourself, uh, by contrast, how many women are studying in a, any given Midrashah or not studying in any place at all? Religious women, very devoted religious women. It just seems like we spend a lot of time focusing on a very small group of people and not realizing that perhaps, uh, what is the phrase I'm thinking of? The horse is not leading the cart. That, the, that these women are, are, are jumping ahead. They're really, really far ahead. They've, they have incredible advancement. They develop incredible knowledge. But for whatever reason, the vast majority of the religious world, the religious Zionist world, is just not so interested. And what I mean by not interested in is not really doing serious learning, not sending their daughters to serious uh, post-high school learning, and not sending, having their daughters learn seriously. When I mean seriously, Teresha Balpeh, I'm talking about, I don't want to minimize, I'm all, you know, but Teresha Balpeh, even before that, in pre-high school, when they would be developing these kinds of programs. So Molly, I'll pose you the question. Are we living in a little bubble of our own making? And it really does not reflect broader religious Zionist society? or not? Well, you framed that differently than I thought you were going to frame that. So what I thought I was going to Well, you say, can answer the question you thought I was going to answer. I, I mean, huh, But no, but then you, you, know, you said things that make me think of other things, so it's interesting. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to ask if I thought that change was too slow on fronts that I care about passionately. Um, and when I just, when I say fronts that I care about passionately, yeah, I'll we, have, we, have a pre, we had a pre-discussion. I said that. A, I, I said I was going to ask I that. Thought, I thought that's what you meant. When I you said it's talking. so fascinating. We talk about things, and I think I said one thing, and you <laughs> right. heard another, and it's like okay. always that way. Anyway, okay, okay. That, that's what I thought you meant. I thought you meant like, um, you, you, basically, you were saying we're we're in this bubble. Things that are really important to me, let's say, like um, women's. Um, let's say, um, access to intensive Torah Shabbat Peh, uh, certain things that I take for granted about um, how we view women's role in the community. And, you know, I thought you were saying, like, really, I live in this, we live in a bubble, but I certainly live in a bubble because I'm in Alam Shvut. Like, I'm in the epicenter of the epicenter. I'm in the epicenter of the Gush, and the Gush is, you know, very unique. Um, and I thought you were going to ask me whether I'm frustrated with the rate of change. Um, oh, so... To, uh, yeah. me, I, I will go back. I will actually, I'll broaden my question by, by telling a short, a short story. So it just so happens that I, I've told you guys this. I don't know, our listeners, I'm, I'm not embarrassed. I said this in, in public. Um, I spoke about it in public. I was asked to speak on, on the eve of Parshat, um, which is the one with the Sota, Parshat, 
Nasso, I think is Nasso has Parshat Asota. I was asked to speak in Shul, and it just so happened that I happened to listen to, to the, um, I happened to listen to the uh, the Dvar Torah, the the Parsha discussion that Shira Mervis has with Chamutal Shoval, and they raised a lot of fascinating, interesting questions in their in their Parsha podcast, and one of them was like that: Does it bother you the lack of symmetry in the idea of Sota? Should it bother you that here the husband can, can drag his wife to the Beit HaMikdash, and the wife has no recourse. I mean, it's, it's total asymmetry in the terms of trying to maintain a relationship. And so I thought about that a lot, and I, like, I realized I hadn't thought about it in that way, and it should bother us. Like, whether we, we're not going to change it or not, but I, I thought <laughs> that it should bother us. Wow, you are pushing so many buttons of mine right now. Hold on. Um, not in so, the way that you think, in the opposite of the way that you think. Okay, okay. one second. I, I don't know. You'll tell me. You'll see. I, I, I'm not intentional. Anywho, so uh, I got up in shul. It's a pet peeve of my personally that in my shul, and uh, John, I think I mentioned this before even on the podcast, and Johnny knows what I'm talking about. The, the shul was built by the Moatzah. They hired an architect who had never set foot in a synagogue before. I, like God, Why they did that, God only knows, but that's what they did. And the women's section originally was built in such a way that the, that the wall for the mechitza was literally two meters high. You could not see anything. So as a, as a gesture to the women, they lowered it, and now you can see if you are standing in the front row. But anywhere beyond that, you can't see anything. And since that time, no women can see. No women can hear. And, uh, and uh, what can you do? Nobody really wants to change it. They did a survey. Nobody really, like, it's not, they're not passionate about it. So it just so happened that when I was asked to speak, it's, it was still Corona. Most of the shul is inside the ulam. And a, a number of people are outside, not wearing masks because they're with their children or whatever. And I was asked to speak at the entrance. Johnny, can you picture at the side door where I'm speaking half in I'm and half shul. out? Yeah. And I said, I said, we are a shul that on the one hand, like, that I, I'm surprised because, like, you know, and I gave a whole Dvar Torah about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, canceled out, he basically canceled um, Sota, and I argued that it was because he said it was unreasonable that you have women being dragged to the base of Amikdash, and the men are not, you know, the men are, can act any way they want. That's exactly what the Mishnah said. That, you, you know, you expect the women to be perfect, and you, you act any way you want, you act in inappropriate ways, I'm not going to have that. And so I said, he didn't, he, he himself found that in asymmetry intolerable. That it wasn't reasonable. Mm-hmm. I said it, and I wonder, how it is that we are in a shul that gives very little thought to the ability of women to participate in davening. Ad kedekach, that I was asked to speak in such a way that the men sitting outside can hear me, but the women sitting upstairs can't see me at all. And then I sat down. And of course, like, you know, many, many people were very, very unhappy about the fact that I expressed my opinion when I was asked to speak in shul. And I felt like the whole experience was so frustrating to me that like even, how shall I say this, people who are my friends thought I went off the deep end. Like, (laughs) really, Ruben, give me a break. Chill out, calm down. Like, like you're really pushing too far. I'm pushing too far that the women should be able to see and show. And people came up to me afterwards and goes, what, you want to get rid of the mechitza altogether? I'm like, no, I want to have a women's section downstairs. Oh my God, like, really, calm down. And, And... it makes me think 
that I'm living in a world that, that a world that cares about women seeing and davening is just not the world, the religious world that we live in. And that's the basis of my question, Molly. That's where, okay. that's where I'm coming from. Okay. Like so, that I care about this and nobody else in my community, very, very few people seem okay. to care. So, can, I, can, I just, can I just briefly, just before Molly starts, we talk about caring. The Shulchan Aruch requires that men and women see Hagba. But truth be told, you can care or not care. Halacha requires that men and women see Hagba. If they can't, well, they can see. Let them sit in the front. Cut. Let them move up to the front to see no, Hagba. But I'm, what I'm saying is, if you construct the shul that way, you're not adhering to the shulchan which is apparently the backbone of a lot of things you're doing in the shul. So it's really not a question really of opinion. The question is, what does uh, apart from dignity, apart from inclusion, apart from niceness, apart from community, Jewish law requires that it be different to how things are. I, I have to say, we spoke about this. I was very moved when she spoke, Shira Murray spoke about how just the man stuck his, his head into the, into the mechitza, under the mechitza, and said, Shira, I see you. And, and I think that's, I, I've, I believe that that's something that women want. They just want to be seen, to be considered part of the community. And I don't feel that. And I don't feel that in any way. I don't feel that. There are other, exa- there's other crazy examples, like there's a Tzur Abedira Banan Shira that's given like in Sh- on Shabbat afternoon. And they moved it to another shul, and, and the rabbi giving it is a very, very well-known rabbi, and my wife went to him and said, like, we'd like to sit downstairs. I said, no, you can sit in the mechitza. They can't see anything in the way they're, they can't see anything. He's basically saying, I could care less if you come. Like, it's not for you. In fact, I'd rather you didn't come. We have Zorba for women. Okay, mommy. You know, if you've ever heard that, for, okay, mommy. We'll take care of you. <laughs> Mama, yeah. Okay, so here's what I think. Do I agree with you? Of course I agree with you 100%. Am I mad that when they built our shul, um, exactly as you said, I would have much preferred that they would have built, first of all, let me just say, like I, one of the things I loved the most about our conversation with, with Shira Mervis, which I enjoyed immensely, a lot of things about it, um, was her definition of community. She's like, men make a minion, but the, but the shul is made of the community, which includes women and children. Um, and that perspective, I think should be adopted. I would be happy if it were adopted um, everywhere, right? That our community is is not the minion. Our community includes, certainly let's, you know, we can have conversations about where women's places, where children's places in shul, but certainly that women should be part of the community, right? Yes, Ruby, and then I want to- I just don't want to interrupt point. you. I want to point out that Israelis would say, I'm not looking for community in my shul. My shul is where I dive in. I think that women and children are part of my community, but I, I'm, I'm finding those other places, not, not in tefillah. That's what their okay, reaction would be. But, that, but, that is, in fact, that what people have said to me. Yes, the difference, okay. the big difference between Israel, that's the fundamental difference, why there's no yes, shul rabbi. there's truth to that. There's yeah. truth to that. And I, re- I remember when that came across in COVID, right? You have limitations on numbers. So do you, like, say it's a minion of people, or do you include women, and then you have fewer minyanim, right? Because you're, because you're allowing women to come to shul. Also, even though they don't, you know... You know, they're not, they don't constitute a minion. Okay. But I'm saying, Naniach, okay. Let me put it this way. I believe that women's voices should be heard and that women's perspectives should be taken into account. Um, that's what I would say. So, my personal opinion is like yours. I would like to be in a shul where um, that the shul views me as an integral part of the community. Not it's it's the shul is not just a place to daven. I remember when we were having a similar similar type of conversation to one you just said. Um, we were deciding what to do, what kind of a mechitza to have. Twenty years ago, before the shul was be more before the shul mechitza was officially put up, 
Um, we had a conversation among, and they invited the the community members. I think it was maybe just the women to come, and somebody said somebody important in the community said i wish i could give all you women invisibility cloaks like in harry potter so you could like sit among us wherever you wanted and you know there wouldn't be any problem right like you would wear an invisibility cloak and then you would like you know like you could even be like right next to us and it wouldn't matter and you know a very good friend of mine was like are you joking me like you that's how you view me in shul like you want me to be invisible and she found that really offensive right so i think that um, but the but the answer is of course the answer the to the question is halachic well he's thinking from i'll tell you a couple things no couple. no the answer is yes that's the or, answer or it's more complicated than that right and and here's where i think it's fascinating I think that... So, but Molly, my question is, not do you agree with me? Actually, before I ask you my question, let's take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. How can teaching with Kita enhance your classroom experience? We asked Rabbi Gabi Ziegler, campus rabbi at the Phyllis Jowell School in Cape Town, South Africa. There's no doubt that Kita has upped the level of our Mishnah in the school. There's no doubt about it. From what we were doing previously in the way we were learning Mishnah to what we're doing now with the children engaging with the text, um, learning translations, learning the skills, learning the terminology used by the Mishnah, even terminology like Chazal and Masechta and Sedarim. It's more structured in our school and it's definitely been beneficial from the, the grades that we do it. There's no doubt about it. I also asked Rav Gavi to share some of his experiences as a teacher. How has Kita helped you prepare for your lessons? I teach it twice a week. So the one lesson, I know we're going to do the Mishnah, the Kita, and the next one we're going to discuss it. Well, I don't have to come to school worried. Do have I photocopied enough things? Have I, have I given enough translations for what they're going to need, the words that they don't know? They're going to learn the Mishnah, and then we'll go over it and discuss it. You know, happy to have that discussion without the stress of the finer details they're going to put about like that. Find out how Kita can make your classroom experience more meaningful, more impactful, and better for you as a teacher and your students. Kita.org. K-I-T-A-H dot O-R-G. And we're back. Molly, as I was saying, of course you agree with me. I, we, we're we're right, like-minded, these things. My question is, um, are, we, are we like blowing in the wind if okay, you're in so, Israel? So here's my answer. My answer is, I don't care. All I, meaning, I, I want to also make space for plurality of female voices, right? I love that. I love when we have these conversations and we're sitting there, right? And my good friend is like, invisibility cloak, are you joking me? And then there's like another person who I admire so much who's like, yes, I want an invisibility cloak. That's how I, as a Jewish woman, I don't want anybody to see me. I want my corner of the shul. I want to wrap myself, you know, like, you know how men have a talis? Women don't have to lace them so they can wrap themselves in privacy. She's like, I don't want to be seen. I don't even want to be seen by other women. So like, you know, I, I actually would be very happy with, I don't know, let's say one-way glass, right? Some women find that extremely insulting. Some women find that to be the perfect solution, right? What, what I'm saying is, my point here is that just like there's complexity among men's voices on multitudes of issues, there's complexity about what women want on these multitude of issues. And I don't want, in the name of my personal opinion, to say there's only one right way to do things, right? I think that like, I think that I agree with you, right? And and I think that women who are feeling the pain that you're feeling um, 
there has to be an answer for them. There has to be an answer for me. There has to be an answer for your wife. There has to be an answer for, for our daughters, right? That's, again, that's why I like Chira Mervis because I, 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 irrespective of whether I agree with every single thing she's doing in her shul, right? I like her gisha to the shul and I want that gisha to exist and I want mm-hmm. it to exist in, in, in abundance so that if my daughter wants that, she can choose that. Then I say, right, then I say, and then like everything else, I, 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 I'm not a one-size-fits-all kind of person, not, not when it comes to anything, not when it comes to politics, not when it comes to, to um, you know, um, worldviews, and not when it comes to religion. Then let there be a plurality of voices and, and, and let people vote with their feet and let people decide what they want. And if many people, people want to be more to the right of me, that's fine with me. And if people want to be more to the left of me, that is their right. And let the chips fall where they may. But I think, Ruby, Ruby the pain that you're expressing and that I identify with is let the, let the option exist for those of us who do want the women to be seen. Make sure that that, 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 that option is available to women. And, and I agree with you and with Johnny that this is not a women's issue. This is a, a a human issue. This is a family issue, and 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 the men who ha- who believe this have to be part of that conversation just as much as the women. But I'm also saying that it won't bother me. And then if like the majority of the country wants to stay hardal because it's too complicated to try to do this like datila umi, you know, complicated thing. Because as we all know, like you know, trying to f- straddle this fine line between but also openness to change is really complicated then fine, I don't have a problem with that, right? But, but I would like to create, I would like to see um, the types of voices that, that, the type of voice that you're bringing, I want that to be amplified and that option to exist. Johnny, uh, we, you've been waiting so patiently. I, I want you to respond to what Molly's saying, especially in the light of, of, light of my question. I guess, of course I agree with Molly and my, my pain or what you want to call it, I'll call it my pain, I don't mind. It stems from the fact that that while Molly has it in Alon Shvut, that option doesn't exist where I live because people are afraid of it, because of the tone and the tenor of the of the environment in which we live. Meaning, if I go to the United States... Can I just say one more thing about that? You know, sure, I have to get I to Johnny. Say I, like, I, to I have to let Johnny say. I, I know, I agree, Johnny. but I... I, I I, I, I have this, this is I want to say this. I think the is this way the button to make that, that I happen, pushed or that, that there's no 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 the button that you put yeah no the button you pushed was like um, no no say oh, your thing doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter the button you pushed okay I, I want to say that again I'm gonna go back to the, one of the th- one of the things that I really admire about Shira Mervis which is the way to make this happen is her way which is not negativity and critique it's to model positive options i i really believe that right i think that's why i so i was so taken with her approach because she is not interested in critiquing anybody she's interested in providing something positive that will draw people to it naturally because it's it's so inviting right it's kind of like chabad right they're not interested in like telling everybody why non-orthodoxy is 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 wrong they're just interested in creating something that's so attractive that people come to it naturally. And so um, I think that that's the way to go here, right? In, in, in communities that don't have this yet. It's not to, to be angry and negative. It's to, it's to create spaces that are so inviting and so positive for women that, that, that's done the way she remembers does it with so much joy and so much love and so much positivity that it's, it's kind of like naturally infectious. Johnny, we'll finally let you talk. 
Okay, so obviously a lot, a lot of topics have been raised, um, and I think most of us have discussed similar issues in previous episodes, so most of our listeners probably have a sense of where we all stand on this, on this point and broader issues. You asked a question, which is, in light of how do trends here impact communities elsewhere, or how things are perceived from elsewhere in terms of either flexibility or inflexibilities here. Is that right? Uh, say it again, and how you said it? Basically, you were saying that that Yoshul has this kind of blind spot, whereas other communities elsewhere, especially in North America, don't have that kind my, of blind my spot. My perception is it's not my shul. My perception is it's most every, almost every shul in the, in the Migzara in which I live, in the country in which I live. That's okay, my perception. So, I mean, you can tell me I'm wrong, but well then, I think I'm right. Then obviously, you're, you're, as, and going back to your original point, which is these, these trends and this movement, to what extent is it reflective of the religious Zionist community or very much a subset of it, right? You were really asking, yes, that's what is wanted. this reflective of this Migzara or is it just an interesting outlying movement, which, uh, please God, it should be successful, but doesn't necessarily represent the Rov, the majority. So I want to begin by going back to, in many ways, your shul, not physically. Uh, I used to live in Yabinimim for three years, so for our listeners, that's why I'm familiar with the architecture of that shul. And I made the point, I didn't mean to interrupt Mali, but I made the point that Jewish law requires that women see Agba. Jewish law sees uh, a community as being a community of men and women. The Torah says this repeatedly. And that the very fact that we need to be clear of the distinction between Minyan and Kehillah in, in 2021 seems completely absurd, to be perfectly blunt. Meaning, it's important we say that, but the very fact we're even having to say that sounds crazy. But let's talk about that invisibility cloak. You know, I'm a board member of Chochmat Nashim, and uh, uh, the tagline of Chochmat Nashim is, is Judaism is better, where women are seen and heard. And fundamentally, those who think that women should be wearing an invisibility cloak disagree. They think Judaism is better, not. By the way, I, I want to defend this person. I, I just think he thinks that that gender. This is what I really want to talk about, which we won't talk about now. But there are very good people who just believe very strongly in gender roles and don't believe that it's about women not being seen and heard. They believe that it's about women being seen and heard in their own domains. And I'm I, I, that the person who said this. So I know I, I come I across as this him. crazy modern person. I believe in gender roles too, very strongly. Okay, but why just, not give women a right I, to be, a place to see I and show? I'm sorry, I interrupted Johnny, but I just want to say that, which is like. To, to say that everybody who thinks differently than we do about um, the, if women are seen and heard or wants them to have an invisibility cloak and show, that's not the same as, as uh, like... Right, I, I wasn't the, trying to misrepresent an, you know, an anecdote saying, like, you just like told, just saying, like, we don't have obviously. to say that just because you, you have a certain view of women in show, it means you have the same view of women in, like, you know, public magazines. And we have to f fight our fights very carefully. And, and that's what I was trying to say about complexity. Like, there's so many different ways because of gender differences. That's a place, by the way, where I disagree with Shermer. So I'm sorry to jump in, but this is about women, and I'm a woman, so I'm going to take my spi my space here, right? Sorry, that was that sounded a little bit too much. Like, I apologize. That was too harsh. Uh, I'm not gonna say who that sounded like. Okay, but I do want to say this. Um, I yeah, that was too, I, I apologize. That was way too. Aggressive. <laughs> Whatever. I just <laughs> did myself of a certain proposition that I don't agree with. Okay. Um, I don't agree with Shira Mervis when she says it hurts her that she's not counted in Minion. It doesn't hurt me that I'm not counted in Minion because I have a different view of gender roles. And I'm, I'm okay with um, 
with women and men being gendered and marked as different and and that's and that that person doesn't bother me and that just shows that you can't relate to a very complex question in very simple ways i think that's what that's what i was trying to say to you would be right which is like are there things are there moral issues that maybe are a little more black and white which again is what i'm saying like women's voices should be heard when it comes to these issues yes but are there like absolute policy statements that we should be making i'm more hesitant about that because i think this is so complex because there are so many different vectors kind of crashing into each other around issues of women um how women experience themselves in the world, women and religion, you know, male and female in the universe. It's, it's just much more complex than a simple answer. Sorry, now Johnny. I don't know what I'm answering, and I, I'm certainly not trying to be overly simplistic. Fundamentally, you know, I, 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 He's right. when we talk about community, we should be understanding what community is. When we talk about a building that enables members of a community to pray, that building should enable all members of that community to pray. I think this is just kind of like Judaism 101, and communities who got it wrong should do all they can to get it right. That also seems to be pretty evident. That going back to the, the, the discussion about, about Shira, about trends, about differences in communities necessarily, um, unfortunately, people do seem to have very strong views on this topic, and I, I mean this in terms of, and to use that term even though it was triggering, about this notion of invisibility. And I think we do, we have got to a point in contemporary orthodoxy where what is both the spirit and often even the letter of the law is ignored by the many because of their presumption of what they think should be the balance of genders in public spaces, sometimes more, sometimes less. But we seem to have sometimes forgotten actually the core ethics of Torah and the core rulings in the Shulchan Och and other classic uh, legal texts, which insist on many levels of access, which require that to be the case. And truth be told, again, what a guy said to you in terms of your, your sermon, I don't care what they think, because what they can think really doesn't matter when it comes down to failing to provide a minimum level of engagement in a communal prayer setting. So if at the moment we're saying that the significant members, are, a number of religious Zionists are of that view, who are, are not considerate of, uh, are, are prepared to be much more marginalizing of, of women in their communities, my question uh, isn't uh, necessary. well, it may well be are they sexist, they may well be yes, but forget even that, it's from what perspective are they speaking? Because it doesn't sound like Jewish law to me. And we, we need to re-educate ourselves about the basic building blocks of what is community, what is halakhically required for community and members thereof, what is inclusion in every dimension of the word, and try and build communities that are reflective of these sacred books that surround me, which are really important to me, which I thought uh, are significant in the determination of what is and isn't allowed. We've come, even within orthodoxy, to emphasize opinion more than law uh, and attitude more than principle. And if law and principle were actually taken seriously, if we took actually halakha seriously, people may think that we would have worse problems. I think the opposite. I think we would have much more inclusive communities. 
And I remember, I think I might have mentioned it once before, I was watching it once at a conference, and they were discussing inclusion of, of the disabled in communities, and somebody came up with this very far-fetched halachic argument, and I like opened the simon and shulchan and said, it's there, it's obvious. Any person should be able to hear the Torah, see the Torah, right? Build shuls that enable that, end of conversation. And they were like, wow, I never noticed that. And I was thinking, how could you have not noticed it? Sometimes we're interested in the fanfare and the modern trends, and we've forgotten the basic elements of what is a shul, what is a community, what is a person. Because a person who comes to shul deserves to feel that they are comfortable when praying. A person who comes to shul deserves to hear the words of the Torah, which is their Torah, no less than its mine. And if somehow our shuls are enabling that, then we need to reconsider that. What Shira is basically uh, constructing, or what has been constructed, and she's now leading it, is a shul which is, in, some, in the eyes of some, pushing the envelope. We ourselves have discussed how we individually feel about that. But what I would say is, if the shuls nearby, perhaps, and I can't speak for particularly Efrat, so I shouldn't say that, but if some shuls would be doing what they should be doing, some of the developments that we're hearing about perhaps wouldn't be being pushed with the speed in which they're being pushed. I, I would agree with that. I just don't, I, I, I'm, I guess you all can hear my frustration. I don't see a way out of it. I, don't, I think that I, I, obviously my questions are leading enough to, to know that I feel like we're living in a, I would say Anglo, very modern bubble in such a way, because um, on the one hand, like, it's, very, it's very interesting. On the one hand, and I even said this to Shira in our, in our interview, on the one hand, she had, uh, I don't know if you heard, if you heard her talk to the girls in Lindenbaum when they, when they feted her, when they danced for her, when she first you know, came back in the Beit Midrash, she exhorted them, she begged them not to leave the shuls, to go to shul. I mean, she herself realized that these are the cream of the crop, really, of, of female students leading the way. And she understood that most of them, the vast majority of them, are simply not going not gonna to frequent shuls for whatever reason. Either they don't want to go yeah, or they don't feel welcome there. But let's briefly mention that story you told. Excuse me, sit, women are coming to Tzorba, are being told they have to sit in Ezrat Nashim. Like, who, who is deciding this? Because I can tell you, I went to Pretty From Shul. My Rav was Pretty From. He's a Tom Muvak of Moshe Feinstein. I promise you, right? I, I don't want to use names unless you really want to force me. I don't want to say names. No, right, but no, I'm not. I'm not talking about yours. I'm saying, in my of women, of course, he sat downstairs for okay, sure. Him, of course. Okay, can I just say something? I'm I saying, also, I just think you live okay. in a bubble. It's I, not obvious. I, I do think we live in a bubble, but I, I, I will say something else that I believe. And in I, I don't, I don't have an answer to that. I'm not going to move. And it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to move. So can we, can we maybe? And I could move to Alon Shmuel, but that's not going to solve I, I the problem. I just read an article about, um, you know, making sure that feminism isn't defined by men. Like, oh no, we are all oppressed, oppressed by the patriarchy. Like. Okay, now you're allowing yourself to be defined by the patriarchy. What do I mean by that? When that happened in our community too. We asked one of the rabbeim, 14 years ago at least, right? Plus now, because it was two cycles of dafyomi ago. Can the women come to the dafyomi shir? And he said, no, we don't want to have mixed. I forgot what his reasoning was. Maybe, and it wasn't, I'm not going to say which rev it was. And it's not necessarily, you know, don't think you know because you know who the rev of Alon is. It's much more complex than that. Um, I don't know if it was because the men wouldn't feel comfortable or because, whatever it was. So you know what happened? The women made their own dafyomi share. And then we had like a women's dafyomi share. So like, you know, 
it's also like oh and, and i and i I understand, and I'm not minimizing the pain, Ruby, that, and again, I'm going to use that word again, that you're experiencing on behalf of your wife and of your daughters. And I know, I get it. It's also in my show. Like, why are all the young women who are coming Friday night not listening to the sicha? Because they can't see and they can't hear, and it's too far away, and, 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 and it's a bad setup. And what do you expect the young women to do? At the same time, I want to say, it's too easy to say to, to, to give women the pass, or I don't know if I want to say it that way, but... I want to say it this way. I would much rather have women say, um, heck no, right? Or I can use a stronger language, but I won't, right? Not that it's so dramatic, but let's just use heck now. Heck no, you're not going to keep me from serving God, right? If Hillel could like sit on the top of the shul in the snow and get covered by snow because he wants to learn Torah, if Shailach showed that me as a Jewish woman, I'm so oppressed, and again, I'm not minimizing your pain, Ruby, because we had this conversation in the past. You're like, you know, but like, I really feel like women take agency and like, go for it. There are plenty of midrashot uh, where women can learn now seriously. If you're not learning more serious, if you don't feel like the learning is, is serious enough, advocate for it. Open up chugim, you know, demand more from your teachers. Go to the Lishma programs. And I'm not saying that that's easy. I'm not saying like, you know, oh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Why are you guys so lazy? I understand that it's complicated. But at the same time, I still believe in it. I, I still believe that there's a degree to which if you if you give people the message that if you want change, then you be the change. You make the change. And yes, you're going to come across a lot of people who are going to stand in your way that you're going to make you want to tear your hair out. Believe me, that has happened to me um, over the course of my life. And I can tell you all kinds of stories about when I wanted to tear my hair out, but I can also tell you stories of tremendous victory and tremendous sipa kanefesh when I see when you said like, or oh, the changes just cosmetic. No, there are real changes going on in 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 Israel. There really are, right? And and you know, you you could say it's not it's not your experience of Israeli Jewry, but like I feel like people make their own experiences, and there there really there really is important valuable change that's happening and that you can be part of if you want to be. So like, let's be the change. And, and I really feel like that's, that's the empowering message that we should be giving our daughters. I think that's a, okay. I, your voice is much more important than mine in that area, in this area. And uh, I respect what you're saying. I, I sometimes feel that way as well. I can speak as much as I want, but in the end, the people who have to speak up are the people that are going to need the change. But so I, I, yeah, I, I'm not saying I think we need voices like yours as well. I'm not minim, I don't mean to minimize that. And I, I don't mean to mean that you're, I don't even think that your voice is less important. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, um, you know, it, it has to, it, the, the women have to want it. They have to, they have to push for it. They're the ones who are going to make it happen with advocates and with um, partners. Okay. Accepted, fully accepted. Uh, I think I want to stop here. Is that okay with you guys? I think um, kind of milk the topic. There's more to say, but we'd be happy to re hear your responses, our listeners' responses um, in your comments. We've been getting some nice comments about previous episodes, and we're happy to get more comments moving forward. Uh, Johnny, is there something you wanted to add, or we're good? I, I think uh, Miley summed up a whole bunch of important sentiments there beautifully. So. It's, I'm not going to say anything. Wow, Molly, you really like uh, Johnny's our summer-upper. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was hoping Johnny would have one last thing to I say. Did, I did really that was my eloquent summer-upper. <laughs> my summer-upper is, is uh, ditto. Okay. So I want to thank you both for taking the time. I want to thank our listeners for listening. Uh, if you have comments, obviously, please share them with us. 
You can reach us on the Facebook, or we're not hard to find on the email as well. I want to thank my son for writing our music. I want to thank Rabbi Johnny Solomon and Rabbi Mali Bravsky. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>